Welcome to the You on the Camino de Santiago podcast, Season 4. This podcast is for and about people getting ready for their first ever pilgrimage on the Camino de Santiago in Spain, France, and Portugal. With your host, Camino guide and longtime pilgrim, Nancy Reynolds of the Camino Experience. Welcome back for episode five of season four of the podcast. Nancy here with another inspiring story for you of a pilgrim walking the Frances route from Saint-Jean-Bédouport. I have recently talked about the fear that comes up when you consider taking on something as big as walking the Camino de Santiago, something that has the potential to change your life. Well, what do you do when it's more than fear, when it's actual anxiety? And how do you build the courage to walk through that anxiety? In this episode of the You on the Camino de Santiago podcast, we are going to meet Danielle from New Jersey. She will be carrying with her strategies to overcome some very real anxiety that she carries with her, even at home. And more than that, Danielle will be joining the ranks of pilgrims who have carried Tracy's backpack. Do you know this inspiring story? You will soon. We cover a lot of ground in our conversation, so I want to be sure to direct you to the show notes for this episode, so you can follow up on the Facebook groups and authors we talk about. Before we meet Danielle, I want to pause for a moment and say a big thank you to everyone who has joined my email list recently, and to those pilgrims who have purchased my Camino Frances Getting Started audio guide. When I first launched the audio guide, I was delivering it with links to Dropbox files, one topic at a time. But I am so happy to share that the audio guide is now hosted in a software platform that allows you to access the content through an app on your phone and on a website through your browser, all at once when you want it. I love it, and I expect that everyone who signed up during last weekend's promotion will also find it easy to navigate and use to plan their pilgrimages on the Frances route. And if not, email me right away. So let me say a big thank you to Lori, B, Terry, Shannon, Shavoy, Kathleen, Melissa, Beth, Barry, Michelle, Cammie, and Kathy, who now have the audio guide on their phones and home computers. And going back to January and December, welcome to the audio guide and thank you to Judy, Leslie, Kathy, Jeff, Rachel, Karen, Babette, Carrie, Donna, Emma, Janet, Suzette, Belinda, and Roger. I am so happy to be sharing in your journey and honored that you are trusting me to guide your plans and preparations. I did have a couple of plot twists as I was getting ready for this last promotion, and one of them means that I can't currently offer the audio guide to pilgrims who reside in the United Kingdom or the European Union. That's because I'm not yet set up to comply with the VAT, or value-added tax, collection and remittance requirements for that part of the world. But I am working on it, 
and I expect to be all set up by the time I have my next promotion. All right, my friends, thank you for tuning in. Let's go ahead and meet Danielle. Danielle, hi. Thank you so much for being with me on the podcast today. Oh, it's great to be here, Nancy. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I was so intrigued when I got your note about wanting to be on the podcast. Your story is very unique and the same, right? All Camino stories have so many things in common, but I cannot wait to dig into what makes your story unique. What I like to do, though, as you probably know, is start by putting the pin in the map so we can find out when you're going to be walking, what route you're walking, and how much time you'll take to do it. Okay, so um, I will be walking the Camino Frances. I plan to start in St. Jean-Pierre-Croix, and I'm definitely a slow stroller. I have figured that out in all my training walks, so I, I can't imagine I'll get it uh, finished in fewer than 40, and I'm giving myself up to 50, and if I need more or if I need to take a couple of shortcuts, then that is what I will do. Okay. I'll actually be in Spain for two months. So I have, I have some flexibility and I don't do, um, be back home, you know, for any certain time. Oh, that's fantastic. What prompted you to put the trip together that way? Well, I, um, two reasons. One, I retired last year. So January 1st, 2023, I retired and I finally have, you know, time <laughs> to prepare for the Camino. And uh, I also, my boyfriend lives in Barcelona, so I am flying in and out of Barcelona and I wanted to spend time with him before and after the Camino. Uh, he will not be walking with me, but I wanted to give myself a little bit of you know, entry time when I first get there, get all my last minute items if I need, get over the jet lag to have visit with him and his family and his friends, and then get myself to St. John and start from there. I love that. And what I love about that is probably half my listeners just went, wait a minute, how do I get a boyfriend in Barcelona? <laughs> <laughs> is he Spanish? I won't pry, but he, he is, he is Spanish. He's from Barcelona. He's actually um, here. So we have a long distance, you know, difficult, challenging relationship, but he's here now. And then um, I will go in April. And then when I, depending on when I finish, then we might have another week or two together at the end. Oh, I love that flexibility, that fluidity to your plan. Now, when you say you're a slow stroller, what does that mean? Because we could interpret that a number of different ways. Well, um, for part of my training, I've been doing a lot of um, walks with different meetup groups there um, some some are American pilgrims on the Camino groups but others are just hiking in this area outdoor club of this area and I'm always at the back I cannot keep up <laughs> I cannot keep up with the leaders and I found that when I did push myself I I hurt myself I got hurt and now I'm in PT okay that is an excellent observation and point that if you push yourself beyond what your limits are, what you're comfortable with, or I'll just say what your natural rhythm is, you do run the risk of injury. Yeah. So my natural rhythm is slow. And I, so I was originally hoping to do about 10 miles a day. Okay. Um, I was thinking, you know, I like 
order to things. So 500 miles, 50 days, 10 miles a day, thinking, well, I can always do more. I could always do less. That would be a good average. So I was training too hard and I pushed myself too far and did too many miles, too many days in a row. So mm. to backtrack and almost start from zero again. Okay. Okay. I'm now like three, four miles a day. Um, I do still have six weeks before I leave. So okay. the, the goal is to slowly build up my strength and get back. Okay. So that puts you in April. You'll be starting in April. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting when we look at how fast and how far we walk in a day to say 10 miles a day, you know, I, I often kind of giggle when I think about this, okay, let's go for a 10 mile hike. And a lot of people I know would be like, you're crazy, (laughs) no way. And then you say, well, let's do that for 40 days in a row. And then they're not listening anymore. They're gone. (laughs) So this is actually a pretty big deal. 10 miles a day. For some people is a short day, but I'm telling you, for many of us, just getting started, that looks like a really big undertaking. Yes, yes. It, um, and so I have one thing I have learned and I'm working on is to give myself a lot of grace. Mm. I tend to have, you know, a lot of patience with other people and I give a lot other people a lot of grace, but I am so hard on myself. So I keep telling myself and my friends are reminding me too. I don't have to do it all. I don't have to do it all this time. I can skip sections. I can, you know, I I really am trying to, one of the main goals for me, for the Camino is just listening and uh, trusting my decisions Mm. and, and listening to my body. And if I need to stop, stop. And if I need to take a bus or a taxi, do it. And if I need to completely stop, that's on the table. Everything's on the table. Mm, I love the way you said that. And you can't see it, in my, but inside my head, I'm cheering. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Right. And to me, it reminds me that the Camino is a pilgrimage. And any rules that are imposed on the pilgrimage are from somewhere else. They're not because there are rules about pilgrimage. There are guidelines that if you'd like to legitimately get the Compostela, they require that you walk the final 100 kilometers into Santiago on any route. But all the other rules are being imposed by people who think there's a certain way you have to do that. Right. Now, I'm going to say something else about that. There is a particular experience that comes from doing the Camino end-to-end if you will, we'll say end to end, Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port to Santiago and walking every stage. That's a different experience than starting in Saint-Jean, walking some, busing some, taxi some, walking some. Neither is superior, but they're different. Yes. And I, I think even, because I know Spanish people who walk the, who have walked the Camino, they do it in sections. Mm-hmm. So Hopefully this year I'll be able to do it all. But if not, maybe this is my year to do the first third or the second. I, you know, I don't know. And I have the added pressure because of Tracy's backpack. But oh, yeah, we're going to talk about Tracy's backpack. So but I, I keep so I have to, I do a lot of I have a lot of anxiety in general. Um, mm. So there's a lot of self-talk going on. And so like, OK, well, what if I can't finish and I'm carrying Tracy's backpack and I'm posting to everyone about it. 
And then I have to think ahead and say, okay, so what will happen? Nothing, nothing will happen. If I can't do it, I can't do it. There's no rules about how to do Tracy's backpack either. You know what? I think you'll have another Camino story because Tracy has a Camino story, right? She does. She does. Let's go ahead and tell that story. Sure. So I so I came a little bit late to Tracy's backpack. Um, I did was not aware of it until I started really um, researching the Camino once I decided I was going to do it. And uh, I was following, I think, I think your podcast, actually, Nancy, your, I think American Pilgrims on the Camino Facebook led me to your podcast, your podcast, one of your guests, I think, led me to Camigas. And then it was on Camigas that I was following um, a woman named Laura, who was posting with the hashtag Tracy's backpack. Let me just interject real quick here. I just want to make sure that people know that Camigas is a Facebook group for women only. And it's a combination of the word Camino and Amiga. And so it's a group of women friends initially created so that women could buddy up. If they were planning to go to the Camino alone, they could buddy up for an increased sense of safety and security to help them get over any of those safety-related fears. So that's the origin. But so you connected with Laura on Camigas. I just was following her, her post and she was posting Tracy's backpack as a hashtag. And I honestly, it sounds so silly now, but I'm like, that's not, her name is Laura. I can see her name is Laura. Why is she posting the hashtag Tracy's backpack? And in my head, I thought, well, maybe she was going to walk with a friend and a friend couldn't make it. And she took Tracy's backpack. I had no idea why she was posting. And I was enjoying reading all of her updates and, and following her on the Camino. And I was pretty deep into the you know research by then. So her last post, she posted that she was looking for the next person to carry the Tracy's backpack, and she explained the backstory. Should I give the backstory now? Yeah, I want to hear this backstory. I'm, I'm got tissues ready. I think this is an emotional story, isn't it? Yeah. So anyone listening, you might want to have a tissue or two ready. It is, and I do just want to say it's not my story. So you know, I because I, I don't know Tracy. I never met Tracy. Um, I don't know her family. But through what Laura posted and then some Facebook research and some contact, I did uh, reach out to her father through Facebook. And so I, so I kind of pieced the story together because I, I wanted to understand it from the beginning. From what I've learned, so Tracy was from Canada, I believe Winnipeg, Manitoba, I believe. And she was, she was a lawyer with a family. She had ch- two children. So in 2012, she was diagnosed with breast cancer, and she uh, battled her cancer for years with different treatments. And eventually, she always wanted to walk the Camino. So eventually, she had a, um, uh, from what I understand, she got the uh, clean bill of health. She could walk the Camino. She was getting ready to do it. And right before she left in 2017, I think it was. She got, unfortunately, she got bad news that her cancer had returned. She was still determined to walk the Camino. So she, uh, and I believe she started in St. jean pied de Poire, and she walked uh, the Camino, but got, she wasn't feeling well, it got sicker and sicker, and she had to leave the Camino in Burgos. And she went home with the idea that she would have treatment, and when she got better, she would go back to finish her Camino. 
unfortunately and very sadly, she did not. She did not uh, recover and she passed away in September of 2018. She had just turned 50, if I understand it correctly. So obviously this was 2018. I did not see Laura's post until 2023. Okay. So according to... Tracy's father, which I, you know, I reached out to him to kind of see what he wanted to share. And he was so, so generous with the information. Uh, he made himself completely open to me. He said, whatever questions you have, you know, he was, he was great. And so were the other women who carried the backpack. So he, he, according to Dave in, tw- in Tracy's father's Dave, uh, in 2022, th- the family found the backpack. It was just sitting there for couple years, 2018, 19, 20, 2022. And they made the decision to donate it to the Camino world. Dave is one of the administrators on Slow Strollers Facebook group. Okay. So he posted on Slow Strollers, donate this backpack. Uh, We just ask that you, you know, finish the Camino for Tracy. And he gave the person who was going to carry it. So the backpack, Tracy shell, a photo of Tracy with a message of love on the back. And the request was that the photo be left at the Cruz de Ferro. So, right. so we're both crying. You can't see us listeners, but we're both, we just both, we've, we're trying to hold back the tears here. <laughs> and, and Dave did tell me that he was just overwhelmed at the amount of people who wanted to carry Tracy's backpack. They selected Alice and Alice carried Tracy's backpack and posted with the hashtag Tracy's backpack and basically, you know, finished the Camino for Tracy, left the photo at Cruz de Ferro. And I believe Alice walked all the way from St. jean pierre de Port to Santiago. I don't know exactly, how, you know, how or why they picked Alice, but she was very honored to carry the backpack. She told me that she, you know, prayed that they would select her. And she uh, said it enhanced her entire experience. And she felt that she was really inspiring people who were following her. Yes. You know, when people take on this journey, there is an expectation that they will complete it. And it's like taking on anything really big. You have children, you expect to see them grow up. You start a business, you expect it to be successful. You get into a relationship or get married, you expect to finish your life with that person. And when those plot twists come along, the ones we have no say in whatsoever, boy, things just go sideways emotionally, don't they? Yes, yes. So according to um, Alice, when she was done her Camino, uh, the Facebook did not want Tracy's backpacks journey to end. And it was not the family's original intent to have this backpack continue, but the followers just loved following it (laughs) and hearing about this journey. And it just kind of became the symbol. So Alice posted. Now, again, this is all like back. I had to do a little Facebook back research to see how this all came about. But Alice posted and selected Nikki. So Alice was from, Tracy was from Canada. Alice was from Canada. Nikki was from Australia. Nikki walked. I believe her father had passed away from cancer. So she walked. 
and Nick, after Nikki finished and same thing, Nikki posted and people followed her journey. And when she finished, she selected Laura, who's from the United States. And that's when I joined, I saw Laura's post. And when she posted, we're looking for the next person and gave the backstory. It was, I don't even think I, I, I don't even think I hesitated a second. And I, it's again, out of my, completely out of my character. I don't really like to even post on my own Facebook page. I certainly don't post on public <laughs> Facebook pages. And I just, I would love to carry Tracy's backpack. When I read the story, I just felt an instant connection to, to Tracy mm-hmm. and to Alice and Nikki and Laura. And as I was writing it, I, you know, I planned to do the Camino in April I, it was, I realized it was the 10 year anniversary of my own breast cancer diagnosis. So, <laughs> so, you know, it just all, it, it was like, a, I don't know, it just, I was compelled to comment. I can see why. But after I did, I was like, oh, I hope she doesn't pick me because then, then I'm going to have to actually do this Camino that up until that point, I think I, that was around October. And I had not made any final decisions yet. I knew I wanted to walk in the spring, but I didn't have my flight. I didn't really have anything. So I was proud of myself just for posting because that was my comfort zone. And I thought, well, if she doesn't pick me, she doesn't pick me. That's fine. I'm sure there are hundreds of deserving women who can carry this backpack. And then she sent me a message that said, I've selected you. And I was like, oh no, now I really have to do this. Now I really have to walk 500 miles across, across Spain. Wow. And I really have to post about it. You know, my first reaction to anything is pure panic. So after my panic, then I, you know, talk myself down from the ledge and I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to do this. And I, I am honored to, to carry this backpack. I do think I was, the way I was called to walk the Camino, I think I was just called to comment on that post. Like I really can't explain what made me want to carry this backpack, but um, I do, and I'm honored to do it. And uh, yeah, so I'll be, so I'll be, so I'll be walking and posting. So there's a connection there. And I, you know, I don't, I'm not a high drama person. I don't want to, you know, make too big of a deal of it, but I think it is significant that as someone who has survived and thrived after cancer, you to take this walk and say, there is life, there's life. Let's go live this life and let's take on these big things that scare us. Because I I would imagine a cancer diagnosis is terrifying. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you don't roll over and give up. You fight. Yes. And you get treatment and you get support and you move through it. Yes. And I think if, if one thing that I came out of it is just, just, I have so much gratitude. One of the, one of the reasons I want to walk is also to honor all the people that have cancer, have passed away from cancer or any disease or any, anything, you know, I, but also I, I really want to walk in gratitude of everything that I, I have. And, you know, my life didn't turn out exactly the way I wanted it. I don't know anyone who's did. No. 
And it took me a long time to get to the point. I didn't always have, you know, this kind of outlook, but it took me a long time to get to the point where, okay, I don't have this, but look at all I do have. And instead of dwelling on this, let's focus on this. That is one of life's biggest lessons, isn't it? Yes. And I don't know if it took a cancer diagnosis to make me realize that or, you know, just getting older and... Well, the important thing is that you realized it. Mm -hmm. I think we're meant to realize it. And of course, sooner is better than later because that serves us better. Right. But I think we get it when we get it and not a moment before. Right. Yes. And I do think, you know, so I'll be the fourth person carrying Tracy's backpack. And I do think it's really just this, this symbol of, of love and family and courage and inspiration and, and loss. You know, everybody, maybe you didn't lose someone from cancer, but I, I can't think of anyone who hasn't lost someone yeah. either unexpectedly or too soon or, uh, you know, before yeah. they were ready. So I, I just, I just love the story and I hope I do Tracy proud and Tracy's family proud. And I just, am, you know, I'm so grateful for that little, we, it's kind of like this little community now of the people who have carried her backpack. Wow. So it adds a little, it adds a little, not stress. I don't think that's the right, right word, but it does add a little pressure to my walk. Well, yes, because it's going to be a very visible walk. People will be watching and following you. And that, that is, yeah, that feels like pressure to me too. Yes. But I did post, so so on the slow strollers group, I know the um, administrator was having some doubts and she was thinking about closing the page. And so like in a panic, I was like, I have Tracy's backpack. Like, don't <laughs> You cannot close this page because Tracy's backpack is going to the trail again. And I, I mean, Laura sent me the backpack in October. And honestly, I just kept putting off, putting off, putting off, even saying anything about, I didn't know what I wanted to say. And I was you know, well, I'll wait, I'll wait till I have something to say before I post. But I, I posted quickly. I said, oh, I have Tracy's back. I, I promise I'll post more as I get closer to my date. And the responses and the, the comments, I mean, I brought tears to my eyes. I showed my mom, my mom cried. I mean, people are looking like they want to see this backpack again on its journey. And, um, one woman wrote, she, I forget how she said it, but she said, you know, you will not, you will not be alone. Yeah. And I, <laughs> right. And you know what? The other thing, Danielle, that I'm hearing is people, we are longing for inspiration. We are longing for something to believe in and for something bigger than ourselves that we can get on board with that yeah. uplifts and inspires us. Mm -hmm. And that's what Tracy's backpack is doing for so many people. Yeah. Yeah. So. Danielle, I bet that people are going to want to find you, see you, connect with you on the trail. Are you open to sharing your dates so that people will know if their dates coincide with you? Sure. So I will be, let me think, wait. So I have a reservation in St. Jean Pitapur on the 24th of April. Okay. So I will be starting my walk on the 25th. Wonderful. All right. So for any listeners who will be on the trail during that time, 
you are going to have a chance to meet up with Tracy's backpack being carried by Danielle. I just, I love this story. And I think I'm just, when we're done with this conversation, I'm just going to go sit and sob on the couch for a little bit. Just let all this emotion out because it is so significant, the reasons that people walk the Camino. And for you to take Tracy's backpack again and say, this time I'm going to go as far as I can go. I'm going to do whatever I can do, however I do it, is yet again a statement of commitment to life and commitment to bringing out your best self and what you bring to the game. I just love this. Yeah, I do. Um, Dave sent me a picture of Tracy. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. It, it is. I believe it's a picture of her in St. jean Peter Poor. And okay. I, I have it up on my little Camino board because it's just, it's an inspiration. And yeah. It's, she's, she had courage. She's giving me courage. Mm-hmm. She's inspiring me to, to go and, you know. I love it. So I would like to ask you, if you would, to imagine that you are in St. jean Peter Poor. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be emotional. So I'm going to take a deep breath here. You've got Tracy's backpack on. It's loaded up. You're standing there the morning of April 25th, about ready to walk out of town. What are you thinking and feeling at that point? What do you anticipate? Well, uh, like obviously nerves and anxiety, because that's just how I'm <laughs> wired. <laughs> but I think pride like I, I I made it to here if I turn around now I still did I still did so much more than I, you know I thought I could do um, that is so important so and I and I think you know I have a reservation in in Bordas because I know slow easy <laughs> beginning so I I, th- I think you know I'll be able to just say well okay you're here now you're not going to turn around and go home like right. just go to Borda and see what happens. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yes. Take the first few steps, climb up the first part of the mountain, get to your first stop. Yeah. And then, and then regroup. And so I, you know, I planned out my first four days in as small of <laughs> segments, as small a stage as possible. Then I get, when I get to Pamplona, I'll, I'll regroup and, and see what happens. I love this. Yeah, I'm just imagining you. I'm imagining you in Saint Jean Pied-de-Bor, you know, with that, with the significant. I don't want to say significant again. I don't want to. I don't want to. Again, I don't want to dramatize it. But to, for me, I would be thinking about all the people who have carried the backpack already, and Tracy, what she must have been thinking and feeling when she was looking up at that mountain, about to take the first steps, and thinking about the journey that she's been traveling with cancer. And that she doesn't know her future. And the, the trick is we, none of us do, but we keep moving forward and we keep saying yes to these dreams that we have and we get ourselves to our starting point and then we see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I have known about the Camino for 30 years and I never took any steps to do anything about it other than talk about it and say, oh, I'd like to do that someday. Someday. Yes. Someday. Does everyone have someday on their calendar? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. So what, what, how did, how did you go from someday to, to now? I mean, I know Tracy's backpack was a component of it, but there was something else that flipped the switch. If I'm honest, Nancy, 
you and your podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, honestly, um, I do not think I'd be walking, you know, the Camino um, if I did not stumble upon your podcast and listen to you because I, I've kind of felt like, well, Nancy thinks I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I do think you can do it. I know. And your, your, your joy and your love for the Camino and your, um, I, I just, the way you answer questions, you don't tell anybody what to do and you don't judge what anybody wants to do. And you just say, well, this is, this is what's available and you decide. And, and that's kind of how my brain works. So that was very comforting to me. And um, I liked that you laid out all the different options. And you just were so encouraging. I appreciate that so much. That, what you just said, is why I do this podcast. That's why I started it. You found your calling because it was, it really was what inspired me. And and that timing with my, timed with my retirement, that I finally have the time. Yeah. And, you know, a little bit of like, if not, I always, for some reason in my head, I always thought I had to do the Camino, like for a big reason, like, oh, I'm I'm getting married. We're going to like <laughs> walk the Camino. Oh, I'm getting divorced. I'm going to go walk the Camino. <laughs> when, I, when I turned 40, you know, there were just always these, these big reasons, but, um, so I was like, well, what am I, what am I waiting for? Am I going to wait till I turn 60? Like, I might as well because I'm, I'm 56 now. I'll be okay. 57 uh, later this year. So what am I wait? What am I waiting for? I love that. And I think you almost said, if not now, when? <laughs> that right? Is, that's right. That is absolutely. Yes. Yes. And you know, there are a lot of things that slow us down or make us think we have to put it off. And they're very realistic. It does take money to go mm -hmm. walk the Camino. Mm -hmm. It does take time. Mm -hmm. And so many people have family obligations or community obligations, partners who are not so excited about them going and don't want to go with them. So there all there always are reasons why not to go. Mm -hmm. But isn't it interesting that when something switches within us, when we say it's now, then all those barriers, they just disintegrate. We find ways around what's in our way. Yes. I, I do think Tracy... And her story is a, is a reminder of that. Mm. Yeah. We don't know what's around the next turn, do we? No, no. And if there's something that you want to do now, try it, go for it. Yeah. You know, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? You right. get there and you turn around and come home. That's what, yeah. But there's some power in just showing up. I mean, what you, the way you described it, I just can imagine you being in St. Jean going, okay, holy smokes, this was a big accomplishment. Now let's go see what else I'm going to do. Yeah, right. Right. What a great story. Thank you. And thank you for your kind words. It's oh, <laughs> It reminds me why I'm doing this. Um, because like anybody else, I'm human and I forget why I'm doing this. And I get buried in the weeds with the editing and just think, wow, okay, that was, that was a day gone. But then I remember that people are getting out there and walking the Camino when they didn't think they could, or they didn't think it was for them and they're doing it. And all of you listening, the courage that it takes, I want to remind you that again and again and again, the courage that it takes to go do this. Yay. Courage and a little bit of 
craziness. Why are we, why are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, that reminds me, one of my favorite uh, books about the Camino was by Jack Hitt, H-I-T-T. Mm-hmm. It was called Off the Road. And it actually, Emilio Estevez used some of the stories from that book in the movie, The Way. But my favorite part in that book was at the beginning, he was at the Madrid airport and he said he was watching the baggage go around on the turnstile and the airport abbreviation for Madrid is mad. So he's like, mad, 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 mad. We are a little mad, aren't we? I really do think you have to be called to walk the Camino. I don't yeah. think it's something that you're like, oh, I'll try. You know, it just, it's, it's, I, I hear stories over and over and over again. It's, yeah. So I don't know what I have like thoughts about what's going to happen while I'm walking or what um, the reasons for walking, but I, I don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. We don't know. Well, I would love to have you back on the podcast after if you're game. I'd love to have you come back and tell us how it went and all of that. Or if it didn't. Or what, how it, yeah. what if I'm the first guest that doesn't? That's that's how I have to think. Maybe I'll be the first guest that doesn't finish, and that will be a an example or a lesson. I'd love me. to tell that story because we have these ideas that it's supposed to end well. You're supposed to reach the finish line, reach the destination, but those are the stories we never hear. So I want to be clear. I'm not wishing for you that you. No, don't. I'm not wishing. For- Believe me, but that's the self-talk I have to do to myself. Like, okay, so what if you don't make it and you were on Nancy's podcast? Like, you know, so what if you, what's, what's going to happen if you don't make it and you went on, told the whole world you're walking this thing and you don't walk it. And then after I, you know, I think about it like, okay, well, maybe that's what someone needs to hear. I don't, I don't know. Do you know how valuable that story would be? For people who are listening and who are terrified that that's going to happen to them. And then what are people going to think? And what are people going to say? I've had that experience the second time I went to the Camino. It's the one I don't talk about because I went thinking I'm ready for this spiritual pilgrimage. I'm all ready. And after about three days, I went, this, this, no, this is not it. I don't want this. And I went home or I went somewhere else. I don't know where I went. My first Camino, I went from Pamplona to Santiago, couldn't walk every step, went back to walk every step and then bailed. Mm. And then went back the third time. The third time is the one when I walked every step. Mm-hmm. But there is that. Our minds go, oh, you you failed. You failed. You Wow, you botched that. Oh my gosh. And that self-talk can be a little unfriendly at times. Oh, yes, especially mine. Yeah. I recently took a class through my healthcare provider on self-compassion. Who knew that was a thing? Yeah. And that it could actually be learned. It was a remarkable class. Remarkable. I'll just say, if anyone wants to explore that topic, Kristen Neff, N-E-F-F, is the expert. She's the one who put this on the map. And so if you find any of her books or recordings or anything, Kristen with a K-N-E-F-F, great stuff. Yeah. Turned turned me inside out. Yeah, I still haven't lost twenty pounds, but I'm nicer about it. About it. <laughs> well, oh, see, that's a whole other topic. I know we're not going to talk about that. We'll talk about that when I start my next podcast series. <laughs> that actually is one of my goal. I don't know what the word is. So one of my goals or reasons for walking the Camino. I I want to appreciate my body for what it can do, and not what it looks like. Hallelujah. Amen. It, that is 
hard for me. And that's um, a steep mountain, isn't it? I'm working on it, but I want to be able to say, okay, so you gained however many pounds, but you climbed the Pyrenees. Yeah. Or you walked 500 miles. Yeah. Or at least you tried to. <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I, I have to, I really, and I know that a lot of women are like this. I assume some men are like this as well. I, I'm so hard on myself about what I look like. At my yes, body. I'm with you. And I really want to work on, on changing that. There's some courage. That is part of the Camino, you know, list of things. I bet you're not alone in that. And I, I, I would bet on that because that's me right there mm -hmm. is to shift the focus to what my body's capable of rather than all the judgments I have about how it's supposed to look. Yes. Yes. We're always so hard on ourselves, right? The things I say to myself in my head, I would never say to anyone. And I don't think it about any. Exactly. Yeah. So that, I'm, that is definitely something I'm, I'm working on. You're not alone. I, I really want to emphasize in that, in that you are not alone. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had some words of wisdom, but it is my mountain to climb as well. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And I, maybe if, if the Camino can't do it, nothing can, you know, I mean, this is a huge accomplishment, huge accomplishment. Of course, I say that having walked it and still battle it, you know, it's, it's still my Achilles heel, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's a lifetime of uh, messages where, trying to undo. Yeah, it is. And we could probably start a club, but I don't know that it would, you know, it might digress into ice cream. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever your weakness is. I've been to Spain a million times and I love, I love everything about Spain and I know the food and I, the people and the culture and enough of the language to get by. So that's actually one of the only things that's not on my list of things to worry about. But one of the I don't know, I guess it's not a rule, but one of the things I'm going to focus on very much so is just not to focus on <laughs> what I'm eating or what I'm not eating. It just, I'm just, if I want it, I would like to order it and not worry so much about, um, if I want ice cream, I'm going to eat ice cream. Uh, yes. And if I want the, you know, the glass of wine or the, the beer at the end of the day, I, I will treat, I will have it. I will treat myself and not, um, you know, worry so much about everything. Well, isn't that very much the Spanish culture? They eat to, to live. They don't live to eat. It's not like the goal of the day is to go acquire food and see how much we can eat. It's to be with their people, their families, their friends. And oh, by the way, we're going to eat because we have to fuel our bodies and there's, it's available here. Yes. And it, it is. So my boyfriend's here now. We went out to dinner with my sister and her husband and dinner was over. And the tip, you know, that the, the uh, check, sorry, was there. And I don't know, five minutes later, paid the bill and out the door. And he's like, no sobre mesa. He's like, <laughs> no, no. Which is when they sit at the table and talk and have I'm like, no, we don't really have that here, but it yeah, is. Yeah, we got to go. Yeah. <laughs> clear the table, get the next group in. But you can sit in a Spanish restaurant for hours after. Yes. And it's not about the food. It's about who you're with. And if you get hungry, there's more food available, but you don't get more food just because you're there. It's really a totally different way of thinking. Yeah. I, I wish, I, I think that's probably one of the things that I appreciate the most about Spain is the, the culture around 
being out and being with friends and family and being with food and the way that they interact and relate to food seems so different from what goes on in my head. Yeah, correct. That's, I think the same thing. Yes. Yeah. I've noticed the same thing. Yeah. Wow. So what else would you like to share about your journey, your plans, your motivations? What else would you like to share? I, well, I, I can talk a little bit about um, maybe anxiety if there are other <laughs> listeners who suffer from anxiety. Let's talk about that. Yes. I don't know when it started. I can't say my entire life, but definitely most of my adult life, um, I've struggled with anxiety. Got worse over the years to the point that we wouldn't note it to look at me, but the, the thoughts in my head were keeping me from really being in the moment. So eventually, eventually I did get help. And uh, I tell many people, and I'm, I, I think it should be normalized, I do take medication for it. And it has, um, it has changed, it has changed my life. <laughs> it has not stopped the anxiety completely. Okay. But it, it makes me able to uh, do things <laughs> that scare me, I guess is the way to say it. Sure. It, so it just keeps, I, I like to describe it. It keeps the filing cabinet closed. Like I have a filing cabinet in my head of all these things to worry about, all these things to worry about. And the filing cabinet was often open and papers were flying out. I can see that. That's an, that's a great visual. That is, that is how I thought of it. And then the, so taking something every day just helps keep the filing cabinet closed. It, they're there. I mean, I definitely, you know, I, I'm, I think I'm reasonably anxious about things. I mean, I think you should be a little anxious about walking across Spain. This one's yourself. big. Yeah. But I do, I, I do think that I've gotten very good at uh, self-talk. Okay. And also um, strategies to help me. Like, so, okay. So what happens if you, you know, I don't know, you get lost. Well, I have the app as a backup or I have a guidebook or well, what happens if you, I don't know, can't find food. Well, you're, you're, the night before you're going to buy a snack at the supermarket and you're going to have that in your backpack. So I just, I can like, okay, this might make me anxious. So what am I going to do ahead of time to avoid that anxiety? It's really smart. So can I ask you, I want to ask a little bit more about that, but first, can you share a little bit more about how the anxiety manifests? Is it are there physical symptoms for you or is it just your mind is like on a, a spinner? My mind is on a spinner. I always go like this. <laughs> and it is, it is normally, it is nonstop. You know, the papers are flying, as I said, about the things that are, that could possibly go wrong. Okay. Or that might happen. Usually with, you know, bad consequences, negative consequences. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I find it very hard to make decisions. Okay. Because I'm I'm afraid I'm going to make the wrong decision and that decision is going to lead to bad consequence. Uh domino effect. Yeah. Yes. So if this is another reason I'm I've, I decided to do the Camino alone because um I used to trust myself. I used to trust my instinct and my decisions. And somehow I got away from that. I used to have more confidence. And so I have, you know, I realize I, I realize I defer to what other people say or want or do because then I don't have to make the decision and I don't have to worry about if it doesn't work out. So, 
not forcing myself, that's not the right way to say it, but, but doing the Camino alone will make me make all the decisions, which is going to be a huge challenge for me. So we just, you just took that courage and multiplied it by a thousand. Yeah. This, because yeah. you can see what you are taking on. It's not, a, it, it's no small thing. A lot of things are no small things. So it, it really is just, I want to just be able to say like, I have confidence and I, in myself and my decisions, and I am going to try this. You're going to prove it to yourself. Yeah. And I did set, I set myself another way that I managed is I, give myself a little like small challenges. So like, oh, you think you're going to walk across Spain? Well, you, you know, you figure that out. You better figure out how to do this or that. And I, I took a little trip by myself and figured out the, the planes, the trains, the buses, and went to restaurants by myself and, you know. Little practice run. Practice runs. You and know what? That's actually really smart. If you've never traveled alone before, is to do a little adventure, a little excursion, something that's within a safety zone that that your logical mind can say, this isn't dangerous. Right. Even while your anxiety mind is going, you're absolutely crazy and the world's going to end. But you have a safety net. It's not like you just flew to another country to go spend two months walking across it. Right. And then you, I put that away and then I say, well, you well, you know, you went to St. Augustine by yourself and you had meals by yourself there and you were fine. So I'm sure you can eat by yourself in Spain or you can figure out the bus system in Spain or whatever. So, you know, it's kind of like training for your walk. You got to walk a little bit and then add your to your mileage. And so, you know, challenge, I, that's how I found I was able to, I don't know, boost my confidence a little bit. It's a great idea. It's seriously, that's a really great way. I hope, I hope people are taking note of that. If you are afraid, if this is something that causes anxiety, or even if it's just simply your first time and you haven't stretched those muscles yet, it's a great idea to go do a small practice run. Yeah. What other strategies have you come up with? I think one of your questions was, what did it take to get you to the starting point? Mm -hmm. I think I mentioned self-talk already. Okay. A lot of, a lot of, you know, self-talk mm -hmm. time. I've, I've learned that I need a lot of time to figure something out, to make a decision. To process through and think through the steps. Yeah. Yep. I need a lot of time. You know, I'm, I'm just not one of those people that say, oh, you want to walk the Camino? All right. Let's go next week. No, no. Wouldn't work for my mind or my body. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned the little like challenges I'm setting for myself. And I, I, I think I mentioned grace, giving myself grace. And then I laugh because I'm like, and a lot of quotes because. Quotes. Yes. Let's put this up on the fridge, shall we? Yes. I Well, that's what I have on my little, my little board. Okay. There's one about, and I re I'll read it. If you don't mind, I'll read. I would love that. Yeah. And, and just because my listeners can't see it, um, Danielle, it looks like you've got a bulletin board with a, a number of different inspiring things on it, plus a calendar and a map of the Camino route. So she's got her little display in some traditions that might be called an altar, where we have a, an area of focus with things that are significant about the journey to have us focus on that. I love that. So let's hear, the, let's hear some quotes. Well, there's, there's so many, but uh, the, the one that I have up there, on the, one of the ones I have up on my board is about being ready. 
Oh, it's okay. So according to Facebook, because this is where I got all my quotes, this is by Hugh Laurie. It's a terrible thing, I think, in life to wait until you're ready. I have this feeling now that actually no one is ever ready to do anything. There is almost no such thing as ready. There is only now. And you may as well do it now. Generally speaking, now is as good a time as any. It's also all we have. That's right. <laughs> Let's learn from Tracy. It's all mm -hmm. we have. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Do you have another one? I do. I think it's this one. I want to look back and say, I can't believe I did that. Not, I wish I had done it. Yes. And I think that's what got me to St. jean de Port instead of Pamplona. Because for me, flying into Barcelona, it makes more sense to go to Pamplona and start Sure. Work. But again, giving myself time to really think about it. How will I feel if I start in Pamplona? How will I feel if I start in St. jean de Port? I, 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 I needed to start in France. I think that thoughtful consideration is actually an essential part of this experience. For me, it has been. Yeah. So, and I hope, I think the only thing I didn't really mention is I, I hope that while I'm walking uh, to, like, I'm not bringing ear pods or, you know, whatever, earphones, hoping to keep my phone off. And I, this was actually the first book I bought. It's called How to Walk by Thich Nhat Hanh. And so I'm hoping that walking will be a little bit of a walking meditation. Sure. Certainly not going to you know walk in silence, but I do want to kind of see what's next. I'm, I just retired. I'm only 56. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? What now? You got a couple years left in you. I've got, yeah. What am I going to do now? And uh, so I really want to, you know, just listen to what comes out. This is the perfect activity for that. Those hours and hours of walking on the trail with the crunch of the gravel or the dirt or the rocks beneath your feet. And something happens when we slow down to the pace of walking. It's as if our intuition or our spirit can catch up to those thoughts. Yes, yeah, so I'm, you know, excited, nervous, <laughs> but um, yeah, the countdown is on. I just hope my, my body holds up. It's going to do the, the best it can. Yeah. I'm curious about one thing you just said, you're nervous. It, does it help as a first-time pilgrim to hear that that's normal? Does that, is that a helpful thing just to hear? Absolutely, because I think every one of your guests at some point mentions something they were worried about or afraid about, you know, afraid of or nervous about, you know, or terrified about. And also the, the I've tried to, pared down the number of Facebook groups I'm in with the Camino because it, one, it's too, too much information. It's overwhelming. And it is, you know, the, the tone of some groups are better than others, shall we say? <laughs> They're not always nice. I don't understand that at all. Yeah. Especially to first time pilgrims. They're just, yeah. And I, to some extent I can understand the same question gets asked over and over and over again. And it is possible to scroll through or do searches to find answers to your questions. But as someone who answers the questions, I know if I don't feel like answering that question again, I just don't. No hard feelings. Someone else will. Right. So we just scroll on by. That's our life these days. You have a phone, scroll through, scroll by. Yeah. And that actually has helped me though, because the some people are posting questions that I'm like, Oh, I've got that. Like that, I'm not really <laughs> that. Or like, oh, okay. So there are 
other people with anxiety and crazy thoughts and yes. And the thing is, this is this is actually so important. Once you've walked the Camino, you have a different perspective than a first-time pilgrim. I know what is actually dangerous or worrisome on the Camino. I know when there's a long stretch and you can't find good food. And so that means I'm no longer anxious about it. I know what I need to know to be comfortable and successful on the Camino, but you've never done it. There's no way to know. Imagine a first-time parent who's thinking, oh, I don't need to worry about this. That person said there's no problem. It's going to be easy. No. First-time perspective is so different than the perspective of someone who's already walked the Camino. The fear factor just diminishes. Yeah, we're done anything, right? Yeah, anything. The first time you do anything. Yeah, and that's why my focus is just to get you started because you don't know this yet, but I know that by the time you're three, four, five days into it, you're going to finally exhale mm-hmm. and realize I'm doing this and I can do this or I can do whatever I can do. So I'm going to do that. I do. I have to say, I loved, I love your idea of the just get people started. And I talk about it a lot when I'm walking with my different walking groups. And and someone said to me, like, you talk about this, this Nancy a lot and her group. Why don't you just go on her group? <laughs> and um, and I, I said, and I, this is true. I said, oh, I want to, believe me. I said, it's what I want, but it's not what I need. Oh, there we go. There's that courage again. But I know that's, I have to, I have to figure this out on my own. Yeah. But you're, I love, um, you know, as I said, I mentioned it already. You're, I love your podcast. I love your approach to everything. And I, I just think it was ingenious, the idea of getting people started. Thank you. And sending them on their way. Yeah. I remember when the, the idea came to me in the shower in 2012. <laughs> It's just, it's a great service for- Yeah, thank you. And uh, really, you do so much to support the community. Thank you. And you know what? I think even even hearing that, I still think I come out way ahead because I get to bear witness to all of your journeys. I get to hear from people. People respond to my emails and they tell me what they're doing and what their plans are and why they're doing it and what healing they're seeking and who they're honoring as they do it. And then I hear from them when they're on the trail and I hear from them when they get home. And it's just, I, I just can't imagine that you all get more than I do. <laughs> I just can't imagine it. It's just, I'm so fortunate to be able to share this with everyone. Well, we're, we're lucky that you decided to share all your knowledge. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Danielle, this has just been such a treat for me to hear your story and to have you share so openly and candidly about how you feel about this, both the excitement and the the passion with which you're going to carry Tracy's backpack and the personal reasons, and then also the anxiety and the, the fear, just to lay that out for us. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thanks for inviting me. I was happy to uh, to join you on your podcast. Yeah, it's a pleasure. All right. Well, I can't wait to hear how your trip goes. Thanks. Thank you. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye.